They came from the stars and brought with them new Jimson in the Plague of Teeth. New Jimson was some new kind of herbal spore that when cultivated and smoked had the health impact of barely inhaling a cigarette once a month, but had the effect of cracking open your skull and drowning your living brain with a vat full of absinthe and LSD. It wasn't until after the Plague of Teeth that the world found out the horrifying truth of the true origin of New Jimson. While everyone was so stoned out of their heads, tasting ambient color spheres and trying to invent lowercase numbers, the aliens took off and, in their space wake, came the teeth. They gnashed angrily as they swooped down on invisible wings, forked tongues flicking and lapping the air out of disembodied mouths. Their bites weren't poisonous, but they flocked in packs and could eviscerate a grown person in a matter of seconds. All you have to do is imagine swarms of wingless piranhas, jaws so thick and looming that it dims the sunlight and always makes the air coppery with the smell of blood. They died easily by flames, but bred like Catholic rabbits. It was almost a year until they were finally eradicated. Almost a year of pain and fear and death and darkness. Looking back, the first three months were the hardest. The body will eventually acclimate to constant panic mode, always ready to fight or fly. But the mind is a totally different situation altogether. The mind can do one or more of the following options when quickly confronted with a new reality that is so nightmarish, it can't possibly be real, but is. Option one, the brain can be its resilient self and simply process the information it's being fed and readily adapt to the terrifying situation or situations it finds itself in. The brain, spongy membrane that it is, can bounce back from any sudden shock. Given it has enough rationale and the determination it needs to fuel the drive to continue its imperative for self-survival. Option two is to completely shit the bed and break down entirely. When the brain just can't even, it blue screens and shuts off. The complete absence of cognitive thought can be a personal blessing for the ill-equipped in the face of abysmal hopelessness and horror, but the catatonic lumps of switched off human meat were easy pickings for the plague of teeth. So, door number one was adaptation, and door number two was mentally assisted suicide. Let's see what's behind door number three, a combination of options A and B. The brain will adapt to completely avoid what's making it scream and thrash around a person's skull like an electrocuted rat by creating an illusion of comfort. Sure, there are millions and millions of wailing, disembodied jaws flying around devouring humanity, but I'm safe and sound locked away in my home and the authorities have to do something sometime to remedy this, right? I mean, sure, months ago my taxes were paying for school lunches and those sweaty men to fix the potholes on man per way, but now the money is surely financing platoons of trained professionals armed to the, well, teeth with guns and flamethrowers and whatever else the government deems necessary in terms of killing alien hordes of killer mouths. This will all be over soon, sooner than soon, and we'll all be back to drinking beers and sodas and iced teas over barbecue and reminiscing about how that terrible, simply just terrible, time those weird things came so suddenly, thick enough in swarms to block out the daylight. But just as quickly, they were gone, and we could return to our lives, interrupted, but now back to the regularly scheduled program. Sounds warm and cuddly and great, didn't it? But that's the seductive siren's call of harboring delusions. Once sunlight shone again, the sun itself seemed afraid of the plague of teeth. The air seemed too quiet without the screams of terror and the clacking of impending doom. It felt, as people cautiously, almost reluctantly, came out from under shelter, the world had been holding its breath in halting anticipation and finally exhaled. And just as we got the ground seated firmly underneath us, it swallowed itself back down in a spongy, sanguine tide. 
We would later find out that New Jimson was what passed as tobacco in hell. Hell and its demons were real, and their bumper crop had seeped into our world. When they realized where their weeds were cracking through our sidewalks, they were understandably upset. No one kisses me anymore. The nights are so cold and lonely. I just wish there was an easier way to find someone to spend time with. After so long alone, people are suspecting that I may be a ghost simply haunting the empty days and weeks and months and years of existence. All of my girlfriends are happily coupled or married. Having you to think I'll never find love or companionship, that I'm just an insignificant moat pathetically overlooked by a universe that never knew I was even here for even my brief glimmer of a life. If only there was a centralized place I could go to be connected with others, where I could be matched up with people based on a dubiously created algorithm fulfilling the illusion that we aren't born to die alone in the swirling cosmic entropy where nothing matters, not even happiness. If only there was a centralized place I could go to be connected with others where I could be matched up with people based on a dubiously created algorithm fulfilling the illusion that we aren't born to die alone in the swirling cosmic entropy where nothing matters, not even happiness. Now, now there, there is! Shinebright has a dating site that lets you shine bright to find someone you could probably tolerate for the rest of your life. That's right. Finally, there's a simple solution that's better than a final solution. I can find someone who will overlook my flaws just to be held at night and paid the occasional compliment as an alternative to soul-crushing loneliness. With, With Shine Bright dating, dating, I've found a woman who will add a modicum of meaning to my otherwise pointless life and define me as a person worth being with. I found a man that I don't need to validate my self-worth as an independent woman capable of m making my own decisions without being looked at as an accessory or a decoration. Shine Bright. For something that might be considered close to what you think love should be. The world was quickly divided in a global argument over which was worse, an angry sky full of space piranhas or legions of demons all having nicotine fits. Flames had erupted out of cavernous fissures and spewed demonic hordes irrationally angry at humankind's accidental theft. With the Earth's population decimated by the plague of teeth, mankind couldn't put up as much of a fight against an army of irritable hellions. They belched noxious fumes as they captured and tortured us for what seemed like centuries, but, in reality, was only a couple of weeks. Imagine your skin burning, blackening, and sloughing off like meat falling off the bone. Imagine your organs cooking and boiling inside of you like a crockpot of agonizing pain. Imagine watching your body grow back and know that you're going to do it all over again the next day, and the next day, and the day after that, for eternity. And just when you think, when you know in your heart, in your charred and splintered bones, you can't take it anymore, they stop. It seemed like they had grown bored with infernally harassing the living damned and left us ruined, broken, bleeding, and scared. Scared of the dark and the things that hide at the edge of a ceaseless tide of shadows, and scared of the light, the blinding flickering of hellfire, and the glistening razor blade smiles that waited on the other side of the sky-licking flames. The demons took the rest of the remaining new Jimson and left the world raised and afraid. The same way you feel when you wake up in a cold, limitless sweat that reeks of sour fear. Was it a dream, or did you simply survive? It felt like a slow-motion electric shock. It felt like a room-temperature fire was slowly having its heat increased, so you didn't notice your burning until it's too late. 
It felt like finally waking up from a year-long nightmare and finding out you've woken into another landscape of hopelessness and horror. Life became an unsure reluctance to accept any aspect of reality. Simply existing became a Russian nesting doll of the abject fear, crushing anxiety, oppressive depression, and the soul-rending finality of acceptance that everything in the world was finally sick of humanity's shit and was trying to kill us all. The unsteady feeling of dreaming to wake up to a dream, to wake up again, was maddening on its own, but never knowing what fresh new hell awaited on the other side of each day didn't help. It seemed like life as you knew it was to become the antithesis of survival, constant fear of death from an uncaring and violent world that we created ourselves as a self-fulfilling prophecy. The haziness of simply getting from dawn to dusk was a Herculean effort, but unlike his 12 labors, life was a constant struggle substantially longer than a week and a half. How can a sense of security ever be established when what is real and what is not is never cemented to the extent to the point where the plague of teeth was gone, but you're terrified by what was left behind? I Hate Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kate Archuleta, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents.